This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. While it is true that we all have the same number of hours in a day as Beyonce, Oprah, or any other celebrity or important person that we sometimes like to compare ourselves to. As small business owners, what we don't have is their massive teams, the amount of financial backing that they have behind them, and let's just be honest, the natural talent and gifts that some of those folks have. Just keeping it real, I don't. Listen, I am just a normal person. I was just a normal college girl when I first started my business that's now scaled to multiple six figures. And I want to share with you the productivity tips, the productivity hacks and secrets that are tried and true that do not rely on massive amounts of money or people or anything like that. I've built my business mostly all on my own. So I want to talk about that with you today. The first thing that we have to think about when we are running our online businesses is planning our year. This is something I've gotten really good at over the years, knowing exactly where my money is going to be coming from and what I need to do in order to get it. So I like to sit down usually in December is when I start my annual planning and start to think about how much money you want to make, look at your past years and figure out, you know, are you on track to do that? Can you basically just repeat what you did last year or do you need to try something new? From there, I take it quarter by quarter. So, okay, in January, this is what I'm going to launch. In February, this is what I'm going to launch. Or maybe I'm not going to launch anything and I'm going to be actually building something that I will eventually launch and so on. So the reason that this is a productivity tip and not just like a strategy or a money-making tip is because it helps you know what to do and what to focus on each one of those months, and then you can break it down even further, you know, by week and by day. I am not easily distracted. It takes a lot to break me from that annual plan. You may have heard of shiny object syndrome. It's where a new platform or a new type of product to sell or a new event or whatever it is pops up and all of a sudden everybody flocks to it and wants to join it and wants to go all in on it. And don't get me wrong, it is important that your annual plans are semi-adaptable in that, you know, if something really, really compelling does come along, of course I can make time and space for it, but I'm not just going to be hopping at every shiny object and just jumping into, you know, what everybody thinks they should be doing. I really have my map and my plan, my guidebook for what I should be doing every single month, quarter, week, day, year. Okay. My second, and honestly, probably my most important productivity tip is to cut your social media usage way down. I did a podcast about my social media break recently. I'll link it if anyone wants to check that one out after this. But I recently kind of had a reckoning with social media. And just to put things into perspective, I'm a millennial. I'm 31 at the time of recording this. Social media has been a part of my life since I was like 14 in some way, shape, or form. And it just was getting to the point for me where it was getting to be 
too much. Social media is a giant gift in so many ways. I wouldn't have my business without it. So I don't want to say I'm cutting it off completely or it's all bad, but it can also be a massive problem and a massive addiction for people. I found that I was using it as a distraction. I was using it as a way to mask and to hide from my feelings and real issues that were going on in my life. I was just using it like uh, like somebody would use, you know, a substance to be honest. And when you're trying to build a business, being focused on what everybody else is doing and what everybody else is saying and, you know, just getting caught in that endless scroll is one of the worst things that you can do because you really have to be focused on that first thing that I just mentioned. You have to be focused on your own goals, your own plans, staying in your lane is such a superpower. And it's hard to do when you have a device that's constantly refreshing and showing you what everybody else is doing. So anyway, I don't use social media very much at all anymore. I post on my key platforms, which for me are YouTube and Instagram here or there. The other ones are like, okay, if I feel inclined, if I feel inspired, I'm going to post on them. And really the social media cut down has come from scrolling. I am not sitting there in an endless scroll anymore. If I want to see what my friends are up to, I will click on my Twitter list, which has my actual friends in it and actual people that I get inspired by and feel uplifted by. I will go on to friends only platforms like Facebook, really a family only platform. Facebook is for me. Um, Be real. I'm having fun with just for friends only. You can enable Instagram favorites or the close friends list on your Instagram stories. So there's ways that I still keep in touch with people without being consumed by it completely. Another thing that really helps is sleeping away from your phone so that you are not taking in all of those other ideas and voices first thing in the morning or last thing at night. And I also try to work with my phone away from me. I'll put it into a cabinet or something like that if I don't need it in arm's reach, which I usually don't. I'm telling you, cutting out or at least cutting down on social media will give you hours back into your week. Just look at your screen time. Imagine if you had even half of that back in your day. Okay, this productivity tip has totally changed the game for me over the past year and a half or so, I would say, and it is body doubling. Body doubling is basically accomplishing a task alongside another body or another person. You can do this in person by co-working. Maybe you go to a co-working space or you meet up with a friend at a coffee shop or at their house or whatever. And there are also ways that you can do this virtually. So I mostly do virtual body doubling by way of different accountability groups and things like that. I also have a mastermind that is called the Freelance Friday Club that you all can join if you're interested. And I am in a bunch of these different groups, a nonfiction writing group, a fiction writing group, a video editing group. And I also use platforms like Focusmate where I can go on and work on any project that I want if there's not a group that I'm a part of that focuses on that specific task. So to give you an idea of what Focusmate in particular looks like, you log on to the site, you connect with a random person, could be anywhere in the world, you say hello really quick, you let them know what you're trying to work on. So for example, I might say, I wanna write 500 words for my book, or I wanna draft my next email marketing campaign. You say, okay, you go on mute and you just have your camera on and you do your work. And at the end of the, I think it's 30 or so minutes, you just regroup and say, hey, how'd progress go? Did you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish? And then you log off. 
And it sounds really silly, maybe, I don't know, but for me, it just keeps me focused on that task. I feel way less comfortable getting up and getting a glass of water or going out and checking the mail or scrolling on my phone when somebody else is watching me and somebody else is looking to do the same thing that I'm doing or at least accomplish something in the same amount of time as I am. It also holds you accountable if you have already signed up for like a focus mate slot or are a part of a group where you've clicked, yes, I'm going to attend. You don't want to let those people down and not show up because they're looking for accountability as well. So even if I'm like, man, I really do not want to write today, or I do not want to edit a video today, nine times out of 10, I still show up for the other people. And then it just kind of gets you going and enables you to just start. Because what I found is just getting started on your task is usually the hardest the hardest part. My fourth tip is a term that maybe I made up, maybe I didn't, I don't know, but I call it intuitive working. And I borrowed this phrase from intuitive eating, which is basically, you know, kind of like the non-diet diet. diet. Uh, It's basically eat what you feel like you need to eat when you need to eat it. And same thing for working is, is what I try to follow. Some people really swear by the eat the frog. What is it? Eat the frog first. I got to look this up. Yeah. Eat the frog. Eat that frog. Some people swear by that strategy, which if you're not familiar, it basically says that you should do the hardest thing, the the thing that you are dreading the most first thing, just get it out of the way. And sometimes that works for me. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm going to be honest. I am a massive procrastinator. A lot of people are surprised to hear that from me, but I am. And I always have been, even since I was, you know, in college or even in high school and middle school, I will put off the things that I dread until the last minute. I don't recommend that strategy, but I also know myself and I know that it's really hard for me to break that. I can have the best intentions of eating that frog. And what happens is I sit and I stare at my laptop for hours I get nothing done and I still end up doing the frog, you know, the night before it's due. So instead of fighting with myself, I let myself work on what I want to work on in that moment because I could use that four hours that I spent staring at my laptop, knocking out an email campaign, a blog post, scripting a video, filming a video, recording a TikTok, whatever. I could have done all of those things in that four hours but now I just wasted it sitting here and now I'm gonna feel guilty for the rest of the day as well. Now, this does have some limitations, of course. Now, if there are deadlines, due dates, if there is money involved, you know, I try to always prioritize the thing that is going to get me paid. Meaning if I finish something and I'm able to invoice by the end of the day for that, I always try to knock those things out first because that's what's gonna keep your business moving and keep your business afloat, keep you paid, Etc. Like I said, due dates, of course, I don't want to let people down. I want to maintain the reputation of my business. So it does come with some caveats. But if I'm just talking about, you know, recording a TikTok, which I don't like doing versus recording a YouTube video versus writing an email campaign, I'm probably going to leave the TikTok for when I truly feel inspired to do it. Maybe it's a day when I wake up and I'm just like really feeling myself and feel, you know, like I look really good that day. Let's be honest. Or, you know, when the lighting is just like perfect or, you know, I just have high energy and I feel really happy because I feel like I kind of need that energy for that task. So 
that is what I like to do, work on what I want when I want with a few restrictions, of course. My fifth tip is to use project management tools. Now I use two key project management tools. The first one is Asana, which is kind of like my general project manager. It is a web app. It's totally free. At least the plan that I'm on is totally free. And I basically use it as my running to-do list. Now I also can add my team to it, which I have a very, very small freelance only team. But when I do outsource things to folks, I can add them into that tool and assign tasks with them, communicate about those tasks right in that tool with them as well, so that I am not doing the email thing back and forth to people. I am not losing track of which projects are in which people's hands. I'm really terrible about email. So if you want email productivity tips, I am not it because my email inbox is a nightmare. I lose things. It is like a black hole. So I really prefer to get projects and team communication into Asana. And then the second productivity uh, project management tool that I use is HoneyBook. HoneyBook is a client management system. So for any client that actually pays me like an invoice, so a coaching client, like a social media management client, a strategy client, anything like that, they are invoiced through HoneyBook. They're sent their contract through HoneyBook. And I also try to keep my communications in HoneyBook as well for any of those important, you know, big communications like email type communications. It's basically a hub and a management system for that client work. And it's so nice because, you know, I used to like, especially for coaching clients, for example, I would like send them all these documents through Google Drive and all these different onboarding forms and surveys and Google forms and things like that. But everything can be done in HoneyBook more or less. I can easily search for a client if I'm like, I think I sent this person this, let me double check. You know, I don't need to search through my Gmail inbox. I can just pull up their file in HoneyBook and everything is right there. There's a bunch of other things that come with HoneyBook as well, like a scheduler, very similar to Calendly, for example. So I'm a big fan of that tool. I will leave a link in the description, in the show notes for you. If you want to give it a try, I have a link that will get you HoneyBook for $8.00 for eight months total, which is just an amazing, amazing deal. And then speaking of scheduling, let's talk about that calendar. Guard your calendar. This is by far one of the best productivity tips that I can think of. Your calendar is your calendar and your time is limited and valuable. And just like Beyonce, you get to choose what gets put on that calendar. So be selective, be picky. Do not accept every single meeting that gets sent your way. I have gotten very good over the years when somebody says, hey, can we just hop on a quick call? I'll ask them, hey, what would you like to talk about on that call? Can you send an agenda? My calendar is really booked right now, but I'm happy to communicate via email. You know, and usually just by asking, what do you want to talk about? You just talked about it in the email. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe in meetings and like the older I get, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I becoming like a client from hell? Because I don't know, personality type, my brain, whatever. I do need meetings sometimes, like sometimes going back and forth via email or Slack or text or whatever, things can get lost in translation. I'm confused. It would just take five minutes of just communication you know, talking via Zoom or in person to sort it all out. So don't get me wrong. I do still have meetings. I'm not a no meeting person, 
but I am very selective. And I also do, I need to have an agenda before I hop on a call. I need to know what we're talking about so that I can come prepared and not just spend the whole meeting like thinking, which usually isn't the best for, for certain types of meetings. Obviously it's different for like coaching or for, you know, a brainstorm meeting that is specifically meant to do that. But if we are trying to hash out a business deal or a problem in business, like I need to know what we're, what we're going to be doing. I also am a big fan of designating certain days for certain things. So I do calendar block which means that I just set aside, you know, here's a two hour block to work on content. Here's a two hour block to do this and that. But I take it a step further and I actually day block. I, I block out my, my days of the week. I find it really hard for me to shift between project to project, you know, to go from a meeting to like heads down focused work to performing, you know, getting on camera to another meeting. Like that is extremely hard for me. I need like recovery time, weirdly, for from each of those tasks, specifically the front-facing tasks like meetings and filming. You know, after this, I'm probably going to sit in a dark room in like sweatpants and just sit for like 30 minutes. Like, I, I don't know. I just need that time. So for me, I plan out full days for each of those things. Filming day on Monday, let's say. Meeting day, Tuesday. Another meeting day, maybe on Wednesday, Friday is my CEO day, which I do all my admin stuff. Now it does vary week to week, but I try to make sure that I fit all of those things in, that I have a CEO day that's focused on admin, that I have some type of content creation day, that I have some type of meeting day. And then, you know, the rest can be a little bit of a mix based on just what I need to finish up. But I do really need those focused days. So try that if calendar blocking on its own doesn't work for you, it certainly was a start for me, but I definitely needed to take it a step further. I'll also say that scheduling around my own kind of natural rhythm, similar to what I said about intuitive working, it really is helpful for me. I tried for so many years to fit myself into this Monday through Friday, nine to five box. I don't know why, because why did I become self-employed? So I didn't have to work a nine to five, but you know, that schedule isn't really the best for me. I really do the best with like an 11 to seven type schedule. I like being able to wake up. I, I still usually wake up early, but I like to be able to have that morning time for me, like drinking coffee, making a really nice breakfast every morning, reading, listening to a podcast, taking a long shower, doing skincare routine, like just kind of like I like that me time in the morning and then getting to work you know, around 10 or 11. And then I also, I am a little bit more creative in the evening. I, after the sun sets, I start to get a lot of ideas and get really creative. So working a little bit later in the day actually doesn't feel like a punishment or like a bad thing to me. I actually really enjoy it. So work on your own schedule. I also just listen to my body and there are, you know, certain days, certain weeks that like, I just I'm not at peak performance. I track like everything. I track my fitness. And so I know when I'm at peak performance and when it's probably not going to be a good time to maybe accept a speaking gig or accept, you know, travel or anything like that. So um, be very mindful of your calendar and your body and all of that good stuff. Now, the last thing that I'll say that's kind of a side note is there are a lot of things in your personal life that can make you more productive in your business as well. And, you know, I think when we talk about outsourcing, a lot of times people think, oh, I need to have this massive 10 person team or even just one full-time person or whatever. And 
depending on what your goals are in your business and what you want to do in your life, that might be the answer. But for me, I actually find outsourcing a lot of my personal life helps me a lot more because I love to work. I really, really do. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, I cannot relate, but I do. I really love working. What I don't love doing is like cleaning my car or cleaning my house or uh, cooking all that much, you know, so maybe I eat out a little bit more, uh, than actually I don't now that I moved to the, the suburbs, but when I lived downtown, I definitely ate out a lot just because it was easier for me to order in food than it was to take one, two, three hours out of my day to prep food, cook food, clean up after cooking food, etc. Something that I do every single week that is like my treat to myself is I get a blowout so I don't do my own hair. For anyone who doesn't have long, very curly hair, you know, this might sound silly or like self-indulgent, but it takes me hours to do my hair, like like six, like six hours from like wash to, to, to looking like this. It takes a blowout person one and a half. So that's a lot, saves me a lot of time. And I can also sit in the chair and catch up on emails or read or, you know, I don't know, relax a little bit instead of like, you know, breaking my arm with a blow dryer. So I encourage you to look for areas of opportunity like that in your personal life, not just in your business to outsource or save time. So I think that's it for today's episode. Let me know in the comments down below what some of your favorite productivity hacks are. Are there any tools that you use? Are there any things that you outsource in your personal or professional life that you really recommend others do? I would love to hear from you. So if you're watching on YouTube, please do leave a comment. If you're listening on the podcasting platforms, I would so appreciate it if you left me a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. And with that said, I thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I'll talk to you next time.